The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Brian Cashman went on a flame spree on Friday, just like we did for whatever reason, going after Gary Sanchez, DJ LeMayhew, and sort of talking about Brett Gardner's return in a way that we did not expect. We'll dive into that. The Yankees were never in on Nolan Arenado, but he did get traded to the St. Louis Cardinals this weekend. We're going to talk about why that was more of a dream and why it was never going to fit the Yankees. And we're going to expand upon that and talk about more trade targets the Yankees can poach from the Rockies now that Colorado is officially a AAA franchise at this juncture. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question if the mood strikes. Thomas, What's going on? Uh, did you briefly inhabit Brian Cashman's body on Friday and give a press conference <laughs> and a bunch of WFAN calls? Because I know I've, we have never seen cash like this ever, especially the Gary Sanchez quotes, which were off the wall. Totally off the wall. Uh, I'm snowed in right now, so I'm loving life. Uh, we're just sitting here, probably going to get buried under five feet, and we'll see what happens after that. But um, Cashman embodying pretty much the average Yankee fan talking to the media on Friday. I thought it, to me, it revealed a lot. A, he's, you know, he's the longest tenured GM in the sport. So I think it's safe to say he's kind of sick of the bullshit. Like he's run into a global pandemic at this point uh, and has to restrict spending. He has to do more and more financial gymnastics, what feels like every single off season. Um, and I don't want to say his moves this off season have been cutthroat, but like, you let Masahiro Tanaka walk in favor of two very, very much like gamble options in Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyone. I, I love the moves, but I think that sends a clear message to Masa in terms of like, hey, dude, like we really appreciated your last seven years, but it's not moving the needle for us. We're going to go a different direction. And that's that. Um, 
then we go into his comments about DJ. He said that DJ LeMahieu was just as uh, it was just at fault uh, as much as the Yankees were for the uh, delay in the contract talks. Apparently, the first offer on the table, according to Cashman, was this six-year, ninety million dollar deal, and DJ rejected it. That just makes me think more and more that Cashman's on Twitter. Like it's never been more (laughs) obvious that Cashman has some burner on Twitter. Oh my God. Would uh, that would be amazing. But I I mean, Hey, I mean, we know he's been reading Yanks go yard because he's made, he's made a ton of moves based on what what we've been thinking. (laughs) He keeps Um, reading. He goes, that trade could work. You say, huh? (laughs) Could that trade work? Just, it just directing the interns to try and crunch the numbers and figure it out. Uh, But yeah. Apparently that was the offer on the table. Um, he said that DJ could have accepted that instead kind of dragged it out for two months. And uh, I think that's, you cannot reveal that he wasn't really in a position where it was like, so what took so long about these negotiations? Like who's at fault? Like nobody asked it. They were just like, how did the negotiations with DJ go? Um, we we want to hear more about it. And he's, and then he just goes off on this two minute rant. It's all over Twitter. You can go find it and see it, but that's what he said. Um, he kind of danced around questions about Brett Gardner's return, just said he's a great Yankee, a great teammate. We love what he's done for us. There's clearly some payroll flexibility available to bring him back. And then he was talking about how the Yankees roster as is, is ready to go for 2021. So kind of makes you think there, what's going on? Are we about to ditch? Is Gardner about to get ditched? And the Yankees are like, screw it. We're just going forward. This is what we have. This is the roster construction that we like. I don't know. And then obviously the grand finale, uh, he appeared on WFAN uh, talking with Moose and Maggie, personal favorite show of mine. Um, And Maggie asked him, uh, you know, what was the deal with the article that came out about uh, Gary Sanchez when he spoke with Marley Rivera and expressed that he was concerned about um, him being benched during the ALDS against the Tampa Bay Rays in favor of Kyle Higashioka. Um, And Cashman said, yeah, I read the article and it was a bit of a head scratcher. Um, if he didn't know why he was benched, he's clearly lacking some sort of self-awareness quote. He had a horrible year on both sides of the plate and man, just uh, Cashman is fed up, dude. He's sick of it. He's sick of answering questions. Like he doesn't want to hear like insert season was a fit was insert season, a failure. He's just like, you know what? Here's it. It's it's all laid out on the table. Here we go. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call C-Bus C-Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in C-Bus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi. And say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. We're going for it. I don't really care what anybody else says right now. Let me do the Gary. I'll give you the Gary quote in full because it really was like it it goes to a mind boggling level because I think every Yankee fan like head scratcher, I think, is a a kind way of putting how every Yankee fan felt when they first read this article and was definitely Cashman speak. Like, and you sort of thought like, that's as, that's as hard as he's going to go. And then, no, he, he went deeper. Even I like heard the first part of the quote and was like, wow, Cashman, like not taking Gary's side. Interesting. But then, no, my goodness, it goes so much further. Uh, so that he was asked if, if Gary, if he read the article where Gary basically said he didn't know why he was benched towards the end of the season. Cashman said, I think the whole world knows why he was benched. It's pretty much self-awareness at that point. 
You had a horrible year on both sides of the ball. You lost your job in the most important time of the season, which is October baseball. I'm not sure if there's an explanation necessary. Your play speaks for itself, and you either play well enough to keep playing or you don't. Whether you were told directly, I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm not saying he was. I don't really care. So I guess that's, you know, in a way, he was also probably tired of answering questions about how Aaron Boone handled the benching because a, a lot of people talked about how Joe Girardi was maybe too harsh on Sanchez lost a little bit of faith in him when the playoffs came around in 2017. That's not why the move was made to let Joe Girardi walk after all those years. Obviously Brian Cashman sort of walked in a house office with a, you know, a file folder of reasons why he thought a change should be made. Many of which boiled down to, I would like to control the manager a little more and we can all disagree mm-hmm. with that as much as we'd like to. But at the time, you know, a core, a, a, a key postseason moment that people don't really remember from 2017 because the Yankees won the series. It didn't ultimately matter was Gary Sanchez being behind the plate for a foul tip that went uncalled, which would have been strike three and instead was called a ball. He, you know, gave gave Girardi the signal, maybe challenge this. Girardi didn't believe him, didn't seem to care, went unchallenged. Francisco Lindor hit a grand slam in the next AB and ultimately or it was a hit by pitch that that wasn't you know sent a guy to first on a hit by pitch. It was something bad, yeah. Did. Yeah, uh, but he didn't he didn't believe Gary, and so the inning continued. Lindor grand slam changed the whole thing. Yanks went down two zero in the ALDS, but then won the ALDS in miraculous fashion. People kind of forgot, but it was this weird thing where it was a fracture of like if the catcher doesn't have the manager's trust, who's an old catcher, then does he have anyone's trust in the front office? So there were you know questions being asked about whether Boone handled the benching properly. And I think Cashman was just sort of done, but he did go scorched earth in saying, you know, if this guy really doesn't know why he was benched after hitting, you know, 140, just an unacceptable level after an unacceptable second half in 2019, following an unacceptable 2018, then what are we even doing here? Sometimes moves need to be made. It does make you wonder if the Yankees are going to be so money conscious this offseason and are even considering not paying Brett Gardner the what, 4 million, 5 million he he's earned out of the 10 million they have left before they get to the wiggle room area with payroll flexibility. Why did they just pick up Gary Sanchez's like six plus million dollar uh, uh, arbitration year? It like, we talked about the potential that they were going to non-tender him like the Zach Britton option. It sort of spoke to the fact that they were willing to take financial chances when they brought him back. Now that they're flaming him all off season and, and sort of agreeing to the fact that there was a, a real disconnect when he was benched and it was confusing for both sides. Why did they take that six and a half million dollar chance when they could have signed someone like Alex Avila uh, for like one million and called it a day as a platoon partner? I know why, because he's Gary Sanchez, but they that indicates they're willing to rocket past 210 and they're clearly not. And they're also clearly not happy. No. Uh, and I, I hate to say this, but like based on these comments from Cashman, it really does feel like Gary is drinking the Gary Kool-Aid. Like I'm Gary Sanchez. Why am I benched? Uh the self-awareness quote, I think, sums it up. How do you not? How do you not have any clue? Even if the communication is poor, which I kind of find unacceptable on Aaron Boone's behalf, if that was the case, the communication should be clear as day. That's the end of the story. But even if it wasn't, and one day you wake up and you're not in the starting lineup when the playoffs roll around, all you got to do is pull up your baseball reference page, dude, and see what's going on. And you've watched Kyle Higashioka for how many times when he's come in for you or, you know, when you had a day off, clearly outperforming you on both sides of the ball. So uh, to me, that's even more of an indictment on, I guess, 
Gary Sanchez as the whole, as a character, it's his character and his player and lights a fire under his ass for 2021. Like if he doesn't perform in 2021, this feels like it's officially over. I know we've kind of alluded to that, but based on these comments, I think that's kind of going to be set in stone. Um, but yeah, also a note on the payroll, because I was just looking at this uh, before we get into Arenado. Um, the Yankee, according to baseball reference, the Yankees are at 192 million right now. However, that does not include DJ LeMay, who's 15 million. So that means they're at 207 million. So how are they going to afford Brett Gardner and a reliever? They can't do that. I don't understand the, the payroll flexibility. I, maybe there, there are some estimates that are too high. There are some like, there are some payrolls you can check out with like estimates for these zero to three year guys that have them at, at a, a flat rate of 700 K. And it's like dudes who are not going to make 700 K. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the difference, but either, I mean, whether it's 10 million or whether it's like 5 million, they are getting to the point where you got to think, how much room do they need for in-season flexibility? And maybe it's more than like the 2 million we're currently giving them. Like everybody's projection is like, well, they're going to want a little wiggle room for the regular season. So how's 1 million sound? Well, it doesn't sound great. You know, what if they want to trade for somebody making $9 million, which is a reasonable amount. What if they want to trade for Adam Adovino? Not going to happen, but like an Adovino type. So in the same way where every Yankee fan is, is mapping out the payroll and they're like, well, we could sign Brett Gardner for like $600,000. No, you can't. He's going to cost like five or 6 million. And you also can't necessarily bank on the wiggle room being like half a million bucks or some nonsense. The Yankees are going to want more than that. They made it perfectly clear this weekend. If it wasn't clear already that they are not going above that threshold. That is a salary cap as far as we're concerned. Yeah. Uh, We always get mad when people call it a salary cap, but it is a salary cap, especially going into the new negotiations. So Give them more space than you think they need. Yeah. And, but after his comments, even though we're right up against the tax right here, I think Cashman, like I said, he's fed up. I think that whether a big trade is going to happen before opening day or before the non-waiver deadline, what, what it's August 1st or July 31st, whatever it is. I think we can almost, I think it's like, I think we're looking at a 75% chance here. Do I know what it's going to be? No. If I were to guess it's going to be for a number two starter, the rotation still needs help. We saw the comments on Luis Severino. He's going to be deployed as the Yankees see fit, which obviously leaves the door open for him being a reliever when he gets back, which they, which they estimated at the end of July, which is ridiculous. Um, they still haven't met face to face with Domingo Herman. So that's another <laughs> thing they have to do right before spring training. Yeah. I recommend that. I'd recommend yeah, that'd be a good to idea. He said, did you on. see the quote? He said that we've contacted him via smartphone. That was oh. the quote. So cool. they got him. They got him on. They, they got him, him on the Nokia. Yeah. Blackberry curve. Yeah. yeah they, they found Domingo. So there's still going to be problems with the rotation. If those are, those are still two big question marks. In my opinion, you haven't talked to Domingo Herman face to face. Luis Severino is not getting back until the end of July. And you don't even know if he's going to start. Um, and then you don't know what you're going to get out of Davey Garcia, Clark Schmidt. I don't even really know what the deal is with him. We've heard absolutely nothing. So it seems like they're banking on the four of Cole Kluber, Tyone and Montgomery kind of his mainstays. And we still don't know what to expect at a Tyone and Kluber. So I think another big name pitcher has to be in the mix here, especially if this experiment doesn't work, expect a big deal before the deadline, because Cashman is, he's just not messing around anymore. He's, he's starting to write, he's going to try and put everything he possibly can into his control. Yeah, the rotation is going to be all over the place. It's going to be cute and nice and interesting. And like 140 innings from Tyone and Kluber would sort of be a best case, especially Tyone, who they they have for another year. 
So they're going to try to manage his re- return from injury as much as they can, as much as Tyone wants to pitch every day. I, I sort of am getting the impression that, look, it's a weird season. The Yankees know that they're among the best teams in the American League, no matter what happens early. Sure, the games early count as much as the games late, but the games in April don't count as much as the games in October. I don't think you're going to see Tyone in April. We'll we'll find out when the season approaches, but I think if they can manage it where he doesn't debut until early to mid-May, that would behoove them. They're, really? they're going to try to squeeze him. Uh, like 140, I would guess 140 plus postseason, and they don't, they like the postseason to be a month, frankly. So I, I think you you probably don't see him in April. Domingo Herman, if you told me tomorrow, like, oh, by the way, he's not part of the rotation mix anymore, I would be like, okay, I don't care. Like yeah. as long as they, you know, whatever. I'm gonna have to watch him, I'm sure. But I recommend maybe getting in touch with him ahead of the season so that you know what kind of mindset he's in. He's coming off a serious allegation. And not just an allegation, but one that was proven to the point of suspension. We don't know the details. Major League Baseball does. So uh, clearly something happened that was very unsavory. Uh, If you told me tomorrow he's gone, I don't lose an hour of sleep. But you should probably figure that out. Uh, We are going to take a quick break when we come back. Nolan Arenado, the fallout, and why I guess he theoretically could be a Yankee in the future. But it's more likely these other Rockies are first. Stick around. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call C-Bus C-Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in C-Bus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to O-H-I-O, where Pepsi and life are oh-so-refreshing. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So it finally happened. Nolan Arenado, who we'd been spent sending to the Yankees in, in mock trades for the past, I don't know, three years, pre-Gio Urshela, has officially left the Rockies after uh, making his discontent extremely clear a while back. That's not recent. That happened a long time ago. He's going to the St. Louis Cardinals, which feels like the team he'll wear on his Hall of Fame plaque. He's only theoretically going to the Cardinals for a, a current you know, a current one year, it's it's one year. He's got an opt-out at the end of 2021, which the Rockies could not get him to waive, could not get out of the contract. So their haul was lessened to a major degree. I'm not even sure who the Rockies got in exchange here. Uh, it wasn't impressive. Whatever it was, it's you're not going to remember these people. It, it look, It's not finalized at, at the time of record. It looks like the Cardinals' number nine prospect plus lefty Austin Gomber, who was in the bullpen last year, plus some mid-tier guys. And the Rockies are paying like 50 million bucks. So uh, this is a deal you do uh, in a heartbeat, but the Yankees were never going to do it. And they were never going to do it before they had Urshela and they were never going to do it after. Uh, So Thomas, break it down for everybody. You know, even though it's the steal of the century, it could be a one-year steal of the century and it would still be a good deal. By the way, it was never going to happen in the Bronx. I know. Uh, You look at it too and you're just like, if this... If these were the parameters of the deal, how did we not get in the conversation? You're getting $50 million, which pays for $35 million of his salary for this year, and then you have a leftover 15 And if you're the Yankees, you probably just use that to cover the luxury tax because that's what it would have cost. And then you're giving up, like you said, it's the number eight, and then there's uh, two 40-man guys who were pitchers and weren't all that special, and then um, – Two, the two other rumored guys were number uh, number 13 prospect and number 23 prospect. So you look at the Yankee system, you give that up for Nolan Arenado, it's game over. Um, but in any deal for Arenado, you'd probably have to give up Gio Urshela or Urshela would be moved for pitching in this case. So 
if we're going off what baseball reference is telling us, the Yankees have $3 million before they hit the luxury tax threshold, right? 192 million. And that you got to factor in DJ's uh, $15 million salary. So if that's the case, that puts them at 207 million. You subtract Gio's 4.65 million, assuming he's traded and then add in Arenado's 35 million. And you're looking at a $233 million payroll for this upcoming season. And it couldn't be more obvious that the Yankees are not going $23 million over the payroll. I think even if they got this money to pay off his salary, because then you're getting taxed 50 cents on the dollar, if we're correct, if they are third time offenders, and then that means the tax is going to be $16 million. So then they would just blow through all the money that the Rockies had sent them. And then you're not getting, I would like to think that Arenado picks up his picks up both of his options. If he's traded to the Yankees, I mean, what better opportunity are you going to get? You're, you're already making $200 million over the course of these next five or six years or whatever it is. So and just like, to be clear, dead. I think he does it in St. Louis too. I don't think yeah. the opt outs, like, I don't think no. you can root for him to sign with the Yankees next off season. Yeah. Uh, we don't know, but I, I would guess he probably stays in St. Louis. Yeah. I would guess that too. Um, and then forget about just this year. This is an issue for next year too. So if the Yankees are not going over the luxury tax threshold this year, I don't know what makes us think they're going to blow past it next year. The only person coming off the books is Corey Kluber's 11 million. If you want to talk about Gary Sanchez's 6.5 million coming off the books, assuming he doesn't return, that's great. But guess what? Zach Britton's getting a $1 million raise. Clint Frazier, Tyone, Chad Green, Aaron Judge, uh, Glaber Torres, Gary Sanchez, if he stays, Luke Voigt and others are all getting significant. You could guess they're getting significant raises in arbitration. And then Arenado's making another 35 million. So, it doesn't add up with the short term, the long term, you could argue, but then you're looking at the long term and you already have Stanton under contract for another seven years. You got Garrett Cole making 36 million for another eight years. And you have LeMahieu making 15 million for after this year, another five years. So Arenado would have been awesome. He's probably a hall of fame player if he continues on this trajectory, but it's, it's not the universe is not lining up to make this a reality for the Yankees, unfortunately. So there's your answer. It's it's a payroll thing. And I think even if this wasn't a pandemic, I don't know if the Yankees are going to be blown by the payroll by $25 million. You know how you know he wants to be a Hall of Famer? He asked out of Colorado. It's like the easiest <laughs> way to the easiest way to be stuck not in the baseball hall of fame is to stay in Denver. Like Larry Walker, slam dunk hall of famer in my eyes. It took him 10 full years, and he had people the whole time going, Well, he did it in cores, and then Todd Helton <laughs> again, it's gonna take him forever. That's a slam dunk hall of famer if he plays anywhere else, yep. and you get the cores tax. And guess what, everybody? You know, I've I've gone on about this before. It's a stadium in Major League Baseball. You gave them the team. Like you can't hold their best players, you can't hold it against them that they played at Coors Field. It's one of the stadiums in Major League Baseball. <laughs> Like, don't don't put a team in Colorado if you don't want that. Like, if you put a team in, it's like if you were like, no Toronto Blue Jays, actually. Well, you made them. No Canadian Hall of Famers. I think that's weird. What are you talking about? I understand that there's inflated statistics. Cool. That's great. They, they count, you know, at the end of the year, if Larry Walker, if Larry Walker leads the league in hitting, Major League Baseball doesn't put an asterisk next to it. So the Hall of Fame shouldn't have to exclude one city. It's ridiculous. Like, we all know why the numbers are what they are. The Hall of Fame doesn't traffic in numbers, it traffics in legacy. So Nolan Arenado wanted to get out of there. Um, but maybe some other people want to get out of there too. There's no reason at this point the Rockies should hold on to anybody. The next great Rockies team does not include a, a single player currently in their everyday lineup. Uh, there are so many candidates who the Rockies can now trade. 
I went over a few of them this weekend. There are more that I didn't even list, um, but obviously Herman Marquez, sort of the front of the rotation guy who we've always talked about and is sort of locked down on, on the real cheap in Colorado for a long time. If they're going to build on around anybody, they're going to build around him. But I raise you, why would they build around anybody? Kyle Freeland, he's taking a significant step back. He took a significant step back from his 2018 season where he finished fourth in the Cy Young, had an awful 2019 and then sort of landed right in the middle in 2020. So I think he's not a Cy Young candidate. I think he's also not a 6.93 ERA guy. I would like to get Kyle Freeland at a bit of a discount. He's a Colorado boy, so he's less likely to quote unquote demand a trade, but at the same time, uh, got to think about it. Absolutely got to be cognizant of maybe trying to get a steal there. John Gray is an option. The bullpen has Daniel Bard, who was the comeback player of the year last year. Also 35, also highly volatile. He costs under a million dollars, I believe. Uh, no, no, sorry. I'm an idiot, but it's under 3 million. It's like 2.9. Um, it, it's easily absorbable. A nice contract for him, but at the same time, one of the most volatile arms basically fell out of baseball for 10 years because he couldn't find the strike zone. You'd think the Rockies, it's a feel-good story, but maybe at this point you, you want to cash in on that 35-year-old mystery arm. Uh, and Ryan McMahon, a lefty bat, you know, the Yankees could always use. You're looking at the next Mike Talkman, maybe a guy with a prospect pedigree like Ryan McMahon is the guy. Do any of these people intrigue you? The Rockies should just frankly be open for business right now. There's no reason not to trade anything that isn't nailed down and nothing's nailed down. So send, send them all over. I don't care. I like all of these. Uh, my only thing here is now I think there's going to be a little bit of a shift within the Rockies organization. You have to imagine that Arenado getting dealt now is going to maybe open the door for a gigantic Trevor Story extension. Uh, I which, guess, but uh, they maybe. have to do something. Yeah, they have to do something. And then you would think that they already have Marquez. Sign- he signed for a while. They they got him like two years ago under an extension, uh, paid out his arbitration years, gave him a nice raise, but it's also team friendly because assuming he ha- continues to have good years, the arbitration costs aren't going to exponentially increase like they, they're typically supposed to. Um, and then maybe you give Kyle Freeland an extension and then, you know, you build around these three guys and figure out, I agree, Bard, they should be using Bard as a trade chip. Um, Ryan McMahon. uh, The only reason I think that he might not be traded is because they got rid of David Dahl and they could use the depth in the outfield. I don't know. Um, But to your point, yeah. I mean, if they're trading Arenado, then they should be open for business on most of these players unless they have this other grand, idea in mind but then again not being harsh i don't think a core of trevor story uh her mom marquez and kyle freeland is really going to get the job done in the nl west no you got the and i don't think trevor story wants to find out if it will either yeah he would he's not going to want to because you got the the dodgers and the padres aren't going anywhere for another four or five years um the diamondbacks are always annoying and the giants i know the giants kind of stink but they're kind of making these nice moves at the margins that are going to make them somewhat competitive. So you look at Colorado, they seem to be the odd man out after their franchise guy forced his way out of town. I think they should be trying to expedite the rebuild because if you look at this team, your window for contention is probably in the next five, like to start anew and like be really good. You want to be really good in four to five years. Cause that's when everything's going to slow down in San Diego and LA. So it could be smart for them to unload and see what they can get, get some top top prospects, hope hope that they develop, don't get a bunch of, you know, kind of dopes you got in the Troy Tulowitzki trade with the Blue Jays, try yeah. to negotiate a little bit better because also negotiating in the Arenado deal was not great. You know, on top of getting awful prospects, he sent a ton of money to them. 
so maybe it's a front office problem. Who knows? But yeah, I agree. They should be open for business. I like all these guys, especially the pitchers. That's what we need. It's the, we need in the bullpen and the rotation. And I think these guys would help, especially because they won't be in a featured role in New York. They would be more de-emphasized. And I think that would go a long way in helping them succeed. Yeah, a lot of teams have gotten flack this offseason for taking big steps back during the pandemic. The Rockies started this process before the pandemic even began, somehow alienating Arenado. They went to the playoffs in 2018, and they couldn't be further away from that now. So honestly, if you're going to do a teardown, don't go halfway. It's time for the Rockies to just engage every team for everybody. Don't wait till the deadline. If you want to save time for the deadline, you can, but just, just start doing it now. That's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. But wait, there's more. Thomas, I get to surprise you on air with some what? breaking news. Yeah. Breaking? Oh, how what about that? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you take a quick guess before I reveal. Who just retired? Who just retired? Mid-record. Uh, what league does he play in? American League East. No way. Chris Davis? Dustin Pedroia. Oh, see ya, Dusty. And he will be paid in full on the final year of his contract. He's going to be speaking to the media on Monday afternoon. I believe that's $12 million. I guess that still counts against the Red Sox tax. I don't know. I've never been more excited to see somebody go. Easily my least favorite Major League Baseball player of all time. It is not close. It will never be close. No one will ever get there again. Truly, we have transcended to the point where so many baseball decisions are so sabermetric. I don't think we'll ever see a 5-7 Boston Red Sox ever again winning the MVP and hitting hitting 20 home runs. Like I, I just never need to see a Dustin Pedroia highlight. I don't need to see any Dustin action. Uh, his career against the Yankees, 155 games, 294, 12 bombs, 75 RBIs, 778 OPS, 188 hits, 96 runs. The freaking best ever, but get out of Dodge. I despise this man. The laser show. We'll have, we'll have a piece up on him later today, just emphasizing how much we hated him throughout his entire career, I'm sure. I, I just the one, uh, and you know, and I get it. I understand that, you know, gritty, gutty, it sells. The baseball media eats this up. I understand. But if if Robinson Cano did what Dustin Pedroia used to do, bark at the umpires on every check swing. Oh I once God. saw Pedroia take a strike on the outside corner and this game was in Houston and I haven't been able to find the clip. I saw this live. This was like 2012 or 2013 on the road barks at the umpire about a strike on the outside corner, then rips a shot down the line into right field ties the game or takes the lead. And on his way to first running to first base, not rounding first, not after the play's over turns around, spins and starts screaming at the home plate umpire because the call, he still hated the call for, even though, even though he won, it doesn't matter. You won, you tied the game. You took the lead. Who cares? still giving the umpire shit like nobody blasted Pedroia for his behavior because he was sweet, lovable, adorable, five foot seven Caucasian Dustin Pedroia. Uh, he also ended game one of the 2016 ALDS. Everyone should watch this clip today of, of screaming at the umpire who called him out in an obvious full swing when he tried to check it uh, in Cleveland game one, uh, you know, ripped his gear off going down the first baseline, just a whiny baby till the very end. And it, it literally to the very end, refused to leave the Red Sox, refused to realize his career was over, even though he couldn't, you know, step on a field for the last two years. So goodbye, good riddance to a guy who was amazing in his prime and I never want to see again for the rest of my entire life. Goodbye, Dustin. Couldn't be happier. Uh, eating away at the Red Sox at the Red Sox uh, payroll. So you love to see that he's played in. Oh, God, he's played in 114 games since the start of 2017. Yeah, they should have extended <laughs> him. Plus, it might have been fun. He, he played in nine extension. games, nine games the last three seasons. Like what? Where? Where is your where? Speaking of self-awareness, let's get Heim Bloom on the line. 
Let's get some Cashman out of high yeah. and talk about some self-awareness here. Oh, Once God. again, if Dustin Pedroia wasn't Caucasian, you would have heard a lot more people calling him out these last two years. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, you didn't really hear much of that. Guy, guy literally eating up payroll alive for a team that decided they wanted to go small market last year. Uh, once again, obviously made the most out of his skills. Obviously incredibly good baseball player at his peak. But the discourse would have been different if his name was Julio Pedroia. And hopefully we uh, <laughs> hopefully we, we eventually get to a place in Major League Baseball where we, you know, stop rewarding gym rats like that for their, you know, petty, pesky, obnoxious behavior. Uh, that, before I go too far, that is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast for real. I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review and a mailbag question. He has been Thomas Carinante. You can find him at Tommy's underscore takes. Yep. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog. Check front door. Check window. Check other window. Rest chin on ground. Look into distance. Bark for no reason. Check front door. Check window. Check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Chase shiny ball. Lose shiny ball. Find shiny ball. Eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. And visit us at yanksgoyard.com and on the official Yanksgoyard Twitter account at yanksgoyardfs. And until then, we'll see you on Wednesday, everyone. See you, everybody. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.